everybody. Thank you for tuning in to What the Freak Live here on 107.7 FM, New Orleans. We appreciate you. We love you. Happy Friday. It is Friday, August the 11th, back to school week on most people except for Kentucky, I think. Yes. It starts next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got these kids so, back to school. Hello, everybody. Right? Yeah. Mr. Will Mart- Mr. Will Martinez with me, Dark Fringe Radio. How are you doing this week, Will? Hey, good evening, Emily. How are you? Oh, I'm doing a lot better <laughs> a lot than what I have been. I know, I know. Good. That's what I like to hear. How are you doing? Good, good, good. Everything's good over here at Dark Fringe Radio. I just uh, released an episode uh, today. Uh, The Simpsons predicted everything. So we got that one out today. Really interesting podcast. How we talk about basically how uh, throughout our childhood and uh, adulthood, this, uh, you know, seemingly harmless, uh, (laughs) you know, uh, childhood uh, cartoon has predicted a lot of things. So really interesting stuff. Uh, DarkFringeRadio.com. Check it out. Yeah, please check it out. I love the flipping Simpsons. Last year was it was my costume for Halloween was between Marge Simpson and Peg Bundy. <laughs> and I, no, I, I remember. Bundy. I saw the picture. I went with Peg I Bundy. I do look like yeah. Peg. <laughs> no, it was solid. So I don't know. Yeah, you bringing this back up? Maybe I should be Peg Bundy or not Peg Bundy. No, no, I should no. be Marge this October between Marge and Wendy. Um, <laughs> off the shining, which everybody knows that's my favorite because Halloween yeah. is our favorite, favorite time of the year. Yes. Eddie Moore's tuning in already. Good evening. So, thank you everybody for hey. tuning in. Uh, and you're all going to really love our guest tonight because he's already ready for mm-hmm. Halloween too. And you're going to see it in the backdrop if you're watching social media. We are streaming live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch tonight. Twitch, oh wow. You wanted me to stream on Twitch. Yeah, I know. New place. So thank you everybody on Twitch. If anybody's watching on Twitch, we love you. Twitter and Rumble in Rumble. I I'm not familiar with Twitch that much. I thought it was a gaming platform, but hey, if we can it started off as a gaming platform, but then it's really evolved into a lot more than just that. So yeah, it's really it's really gained a lot of popularity within the last two, three years. Well, we love you, Twitchers. Yes. (laughs) Right. You don't want to. See, you don't want to see me twitch or twerk. <laughs> but, <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> you know, for another podcast. I, I'm, I'm in my, <laughs> no, this is family, family uh, approved podcast. Now, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we we love you all. Thank you so much. If you are watching via Facebook, and we please, please, please make comments. Yes. We love it. Keeps us in the algorithm. Gives a heart, not, not just a thumbs up, a heart, because that keeps us in the algorithm too. Um, please make all kinds of comments. Ask questions in the comment section. We love you all. If you're watching via Rumble um, and YouTube, please give us a positive thumbs up. Share this out. It helps our guests. It helps our show. It helps the network. Also, if you're watching via Facebook and you make a comment, it comes up Facebook user because we do use StreamYard. You need to go to StreamYard.com backslash Facebook and give StreamYard permission to use your name and image. So we know who we're talking to and and uh, we appreciate your comments and watching. We love you all. We appreciate you all. Also, good pods. Good Pods, if you're listening via Good Pods, I cannot tell you how much we love you. Thank yes. you so much. July, we didn't have that. We only have one one show or two shows in July. I think one show, and we ended up still at 11th, right? Yeah, 11th on podca- yeah. Uh, on Good Pods. Out of 4 million right. po- podcasts, thank mm-hmm. you so much, Good Pods listeners and, and the you. people at Good Pods. We appreciate you. So tonight... Tonight, we have another guest on that is true crime, all about true crime. And it, this is yes. like, this needs to be a movie and, and nobody's talking about it, but we're <laughs> going to have Derek Meyer Galanis on the Galanis crime family that's associated with Gambino. And people don't mm-hmm. understand this. 
Devin Archer, which has been in the big news here lately because it's part of Hunter Biden's partner in crime, <laughs> partner in crime. He's testified in front of Congress and everything. Now he's given given his deposition or or he's answered questions. Um, but a lot of this is associated with the Glanis crime uh, family. So we're going to bring Derek on right now. He has a book, too. Um, we're going to be discussing that a lot, too. So let's bring Derek onto the show right now. Derek Galanis onto the show. Thank you so much, Derek. Hey, Derek. Hi, guys. How are you? Oh, no, I have going? an applause button. I don't know if you all can hear it. Did you hear it? Nope. Uh-uh. Oh, can you I guys hear me out? <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about There we go. Hey. So, thank you so much for t- coming on. We welcome you to the show, Derek. If you don't mind, um, I I didn't go into huge detail about about yourself. Could you tell the, our listeners um, a, a little bit about you and and you know you you've also spent time at, in, in in prison and like this deals with your whole family. You have brothers. You have a father. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. Uh, so my father, John Galanis, was like the Bernie Madoff of the 1980s. Um, when he got sentenced uh, in Rudy, Rudy Giuliani by Rudy Giuliani's office, he got uh, 27 years um, for a RICO case. Uh, I believe that it was the first RICO case Giuliani used against a white-collar defendant. Um, obviously, my, my father had mob ties also, but the case itself was a white-collar case. Uh, but what is not in question is that 27 years at the time was thought to be the longest sentence ever for a white-collar criminal. Um, And so my father in the 80s was a really big deal. Um, The amazing thing to me today is, you know, my father and my brother, uh, I was sort of ostracized by it. Then I had caught a drug case. So I was a a member of the crime family, but I wasn't involved with them. But they were in business with Devin Archer and, and Hunter Biden. And nobody's talking about it. Not conservative media, not liberal media. Nobody. Well, and then also Hunter also has another business partner too, uh, Bevan. Um, is it Cooney? Cooney. I grew up with Bevan Cooney. You know, I, it's funny uh, about you say that. Yeah, Bevan Cooney should have gone to jail on my drug case, um, but I protected Bevan like I protected the whole world back then because I really believed in in the criminal lifestyle we profess. It took me a while to wake up to what most people know that you know in the criminal lifestyle everyone betrays you. There's there's no friends there. Um, and yeah, Be- Bevan's been a Galanis crime family associate for decades. Um, and yeah, he actually met with Hunter Biden and, and dealt with him in business. In fact, one of the questions the U.S. attorney uh, asked George Messiers, who's Hunter's lawyer, is, well, will Hunter confirm the circumstances around uh, his meeting with Bevan Cooney? And another question was, will he say that Devin Archer never mentioned Galanis? And by the way, it's ridiculous I know Devin Archer mentioned Galanis to Hunter. Hunter's laptop has got emails connecting him to the conspiracy, but surprisingly, he's not convicted, or maybe not surprisingly. Well, <laughs> I, that's one of my questions that hopefully we'll get to. Really quick, though, for the people who don't understand the Galanis crime family, you're associated um, or co-conspirators or underboss of um the gambinos that's gaudy and all of them can you tell everybody how you're connected to the gambino side of the of crime family yeah so so let's start way back i mean my father um his big scam was something called boardwalk marketplace you know uh, atlantic city was a really sorted ghetto in the 80s 
And my dad's idea is he took his tax shelter and he was raising hundreds of millions of dollars to renovate it. Well, in those in those days, if you were dealing in Atlantic City, you were paying the Philadelphia crime family, um, specifically Angelo Bruno. And my father was paying a lot of money to those guys to run his scam in Philly. So that's where it really started. Now, where did the nexus with the Gambinos really begin? Well, first of all, Rosario, because he's from Cherry Hill, New Jersey, had a lot of connections to Rosario Gambino, I'm talking about, had connections to the Philadelphia crime family as well. Well, my father and Rosario spent about 10 years together in FCI Terminal Island, which is in near Long Beach. Um, and, you know, essentially me, my brother Jason, grew up with the Gambino sons, Tommy and Tony Gambino. Today, you know, Tony went back to Sicily, he married a mafia heiress. Tommy's boss of the L.A. crime family. Um, and yeah, neither one of them have gone to jail, but it didn't work out so well for the Galanis brothers. Okay. Real quick now, that's a lot. You grew up with the Gambino brothers. I did. And this deals with Philadelphia. So I, I, there's a lot of stuff going on in Philadelphia. There's a lot of, of crime, obviously, same in Chicago and everything like that. Um, but we hear a lot, and this is just on the side note, I didn't think I was going to ask this as soon into, into the interview, but George Soros. Do you know anything about George Soros? Because we hear a lot of connections with George Soros and the, these political leaders that are connected sp specifically in Pennsylvania, um, some in Chicago. And, and there's obviously out in L.A. Um, that these are George Soros funded. Is George Soros connected to any of these crime families or is he a crime family in himself? Because this well, is Pelosi you know, and all this, too. Yeah. Once once you reach the level of a Soros, you know, you're you're not paying any money to any of those type of guys. You don't need to. Right. And and Soros is sort of beyond the fray. You know, he he pays politicians, you know. That, that's that's his game. Do I know him personally? Of course not. I know I know his game. I mean, I know he's a very liberal uh, philanthropist, if you want to say that. He, he stands for liberal causes. My, my connections uh, with, with the Democratic Party and organized crime stem from my connections with the Gambinos and my family's own connections with Hunter Biden. I don't necessarily know much about what Soros' connections there would be. Um, but listen... Uh, I'll tell you, everyone's in bed with everybody else. I mean, the type of criminals that. that I wrote my book about, I call them, I coined the name underground financiers. You know, everybody's talking about the Jeffrey Epstein case, for instance, right? And they're saying, well, you know, but we can't figure out what he did. He's not a hedge fund manager. He didn't make any trades. Well, yeah, because criminals don't make trades. I mean, what they do is they mitigate risk by ripping people off. That's what Jeffrey Epstein was. He's the same kind of criminal my father was, my brother is, and uh, Hunter Biden wanted to be. You know, and, and I know Hunter and Devin don't want to talk about it, but they knew who they were dealing with, you know? So, yeah. I have one more question that I'm going to have after you answer. I'll have Will follow up and ask you a few questions. I'm sorry, Will. I'm like, I'm on no, fire no, go, right go, go. now. This boom, boom, boom. This I'm, is all you. I'm shooting from the hip. Um, so Gambino's Rosario Gambino. Um, can you tell us a little bit about him and how Bill Clinton's brother Roger, like this, this is all crime family. And I don't think people understand too that Hillary Clinton's dad, Hugh Rodman, 
took over the mob up in Chicago after um, Al Capone passed away. Then we also have Obama that comes from a, a Chicago. There's just a lot of crime. It looks like a lot of crime families, mafia, mob, high organized crime that's uh, infiltrated our political government. But can you tell us a little bit about Rosario and Bill Clinton's brother and how, how that all went down? Yeah, I mean, look, so Rosario and his brothers, uh, Joe and Johnny, came over as part of a, a mafia war in Sicily that they lost, right? And they were kind mm -hmm. of excommunicated to the United States. Um, they went to Cherry Hill, New Jersey, um, and they were the main crime family there for a while. They, they flirted with Philadelphia, like I said. But eventually, and this goes holds true today, guys, they did basically what I'd call a reverse takeover of the Gambino crime family. Uh, for years, Rosario's brother, John, sat on, the, sat on the ruling council of the Gambinos. Now, John has passed, you know, tragically, natural causes, um, but he's no longer there. But I can tell you this, Francisco Cali, who died uh, recently in New York, maybe two, three years ago, um, was the son-in-law of John. You know, they married into that family, the Indorillo family. So, you know, the connections, what the, the Cherry Hill Gambinos, Rosario and his brothers did, is they effectively took over what was the American Gambino uh, crime family. Um, and now Tommy is boss of the L.A. crime family. Frank Cali was boss of the faction in New York. So you could say that Rosario, through his genius and, and his maneuvers, took control of organized crime in America. Um, since then, Rosario has been deported to Sicily um, and they, they locked him up again uh, because Rosario is, even though I think he's a very, very good man, he also, bottom line, is not breakable. And, you know, the police hate when you're not breakable. Now, the connection to the Clintons, I can give you. Do you, do you want me to go into that? Go ahead. So both our fathers were in prison together, like I told you, for over 10 years together at Terminal Island. And, you know, men like that don't rest. They're always looking for ways out. Um, and because of the Gambino name, they were able uh, to get a connection to Bill. How did they do that? Uh, Roger was in prison, as you guys all know. And that's where that connection stemmed from. Um, and Tommy, uh, my father was a fugitive on the run. It was about 2000, 2001, 2001. And uh, my father came back and Tommy met with him. And Tommy told us both that he had met with Bill and Hillary in a Washington parking garage. And that the subject was getting Rosario parting because he was still in prison in the United States. Um, and he, he talked about how he kept the parking ticket. He almost threw it out, but he's glad he kept it because you know, he could prove he was actually with Bill and Hillary. Um, you know, and by the way, how do I say this? When I got busted on my drug case, eventually, you know, I was kind of a naive kid. I said that to the DEA agents who debriefed me. Where do you think it went? Nowhere, because nobody wants to talk about it. It's too high level. It touches the top and nobody's going to talk about Bill and Hillary meeting with the now boss of the L.A. crime family in a Washington parking garage. Um, and it's funny, you know, the connection just goes on. Then then my older brother gets involved with Hunter Biden, Devin Archer and all them. So you can see like the top of organized crime is always there causing more corruption in America. There you go, Will. <laughs> Derek, I, I wanted to switch gears here and um, kind of talk about and bring you back to the, the nexus of all this, or the, I should say, genesis of, you know, you growing up and, you know, um, you being in this family, was it um, one of those scenarios where your dad was not trying to groom you into the family or was he 
more so grooming you into the family because usually usually goes one or two ways right usually they try to groom you in and then they just bring you in full throttle or they just kind of try to keep you out of the periphery and not try to get you involved so what kind of situation was it for you uh you know growing up no, well, it's a really good question. And you're really talking about uh, the John Gotti or, you know, Chin Gigante, right? Like Gotti mm-hmm. loved having his son in, right? Um, my mm-hmm. father was the Gotti. Um, uh, it yeah. wasn't even an option whether we we're going to be in. And, and you know, my mother was a large part of that too. You know, if we thought about trying to do something else, she would remove maternal love. So we were locked mm-hmm. in. And, and I, I'll be even be honest with you. It, it went worse than that. Like, my father got me involved with drug guys because he figured, well, you know, Derek's not a finance guy. It's not his personality. Well, let's get him involved in something he can make a lot of money in, but will we'll more fit his talents. So he steered me in that direction. And the guy I eventually caught a drug case with was in Terminal Island with Rosario and my father. So, yeah, my father definitely more John Gotti than Chingagati. And it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it's shameful as I look at that. I mean, I think. Chin said to, to John Gotti when he was bragging that his son got made, he said, I'm sorry about that. And, and that's the thing, you know, you commit crimes to keep your sons out of this life. And that that's a worthy thing. And by the way, I think Rosario Gambino deserves a lot of kudos there. You know, Tommy and Tony may have been running around the same circles as us. None of them have ever done a day in prison. And they were hot to trot on them for a long time. Tommy was guilty of my drug case. I just didn't give him up because at the time I believed in what we were doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is what it is, man. I mean, uh, we we follow what we know at the time. And what, what I knew at the time was criminality. And in criminality, you supposedly don't rat. It took me a long time to learn that that's not true either. I heard that. Yeah, the I can worst. see that. Oh, go ahead, Will. I'm sorry. No, go ahead, sis. Go ahead. Emma. Go ahead. I, I heard that's the worst word that you can call somebody in New Jersey is a rat. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, you can call him anything. You just don't call him a rat. <laughs> well, that, that's mafia culture, right? I mean, what gives yeah. the mafia its power back east is the Italian diaspora, right? There's so many Italians there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and mm-hmm. that's the culture. Oh, rat this, rat that. The, the reality is most of those wise guys that go to jail roll over. Now, Rosario Gambino is a very notable exception to that. But what they've what they've tilted towards is businesses like Devin Archer was involved in with my brother. Now, not quite so sophisticated because they're not that sophisticated, but Tommy, Frank Kelly, you know, Tommy, no time in jail. Frank Kelly, like a year for a racketeering case that he was involved in, but the Gambinos have tilted in that direction, white collar crime, more money, less time in prison. Yeah, Derek, another thing I wanted to ask you, and, you know, this is something that I always throw around in my head all the time because, you know, I'm, I was born in the 70s. I, I've seen the, you know, the, the progression of like, okay, the mafia being at the, like, the height of the, you know, it's of its power in the early 80s and mid 80s and, you know, maybe a little bit later than that. But then you saw the deterioration over time. What do you find now? Like, do you, do you still think that there's like, there's still a stronghold in the mafia right now all throughout the United States. Is that is that something you find that, you know, is still, you know, viable at this at this you know day and age? I think so, Will. I, I think the way they look at it um, is mm-hmm. that it is a society that, that they're involved in and they're evolving like any of us that are mm-hmm. living organisms. Mm-hmm. And they've evolved to the point where, you know, Tommy Gambino, if you look him up, 
uh, photos. You'll see him with Jennifer Lopez. You'll see him with that Food Channel Italian lady, the blonde lady. I don't remember her name. Uh, Gianni Giolenta or something. Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah. What, what Tommy's done is he's become what I read about in my book, an underground financier. He's got a wine business going um, in L.A. Um, and I guarantee you these, the wine's not making any money. It's him raising money for that wine business that's making money. <laughs> and that's what those guys do now. And by the way, yeah. so this is something interesting. You guys had in your notes that I was somehow connected to Michael Francis. Maybe by two degrees uh, yeah. of separation. Let, let me give you this. Michael Francis was also in FCI Terminal Island with Rosario. Not at the same time as my father. And Michael Francis is suspiciously living in Los Angeles. And now he's in the wine business. And he talked about how much time he spent with Rosario and his family. I guarantee you, Michael and Tommy are out there in L.A. running that place for the mob. I mean, that's what they do out there. I mean, Tommy's the liaison. You'll find stories about him making guys because politically they couldn't make them in New York. So they bring them out to L.A. and Tommy does it. Um, but are there murders? Are there drugs still? On the very low echelon. Look, you're always going to have the guys who aren't sophisticated enough beyond a drug route, right? So those guys will do dirty work for you, but they never touch the top and nobody at the top can get touched by them. Um, that's why the Frank Cowling murder in New York was such a surprise, but but it turned out to be a QAnon conspiracy, conspiracy theorist. So, you know. I, I'm not a QAnon believer uh, on that. I think it's CIA. That's what I think QAnon is. Um, so real, real quick too, um, with your dad and, and things, you have three other siblings, right? Correct. I do. And as all of them in included in this crime family, do you speak to any of them? Do you speak to your father now? He's still alive, right? My father is alive. We do not talk. Um, you know, listen, I, I don't know if you've ever seen the show Ray Donovan. Uh, it's a Showtime show about uh, essentially a family. And the father uh, is, my father, although he's white collar, is exactly like Mick, the father in that family. If you talk to him, he will lead you into trouble. He will get you messed up in something he's doing. I mean, that's really literally my father. Um, my two younger brothers, my, my okay, my older brother's still in prison. So you, you answer that question about that yourself. The younger brother, Jared, who was the lawyer, uh, got very little time. Um, one of the reasons I got so much time is I wouldn't roll over on him. I said, I'm absolutely not doing that. Um, you know, he was my little brother. I mean, what kind of person does that? Well, I guess my older brother did that to me. He had no no qualms about that. But, you know, he's a sociopath. So, um, and my youngest brother, God bless, has never been to prison and was never involved. But I would give to you, honestly, and I write about this in the book, that's only because he wasn't any use to my father. You know, he hadn't, he hadn't grown up under him at all. Mm -hmm. Entire life, my father was buying bars, so you know he had no my, he had no value to my father. So you know you could say my father protected him. No, he didn't protect him. He just couldn't use him. Go ahead, Will. I feel like I've asked a lot of questions. I want Will. No, to I. You know what? Because uh, I'm a financial guy myself. I actually work in specialty finance. I've been in specialty finance for like the last 15 years, and then before that, I was in the mortgage business for about 10. Um, I was reading on um, the um, the synopsis of the book about Jerova Financial. Tell me a little bit about that. I'm really like really interested about that because I, I love numbers and I love how f people figure out ways to scam. <laughs> and it, it's so you know you, you know it's so intriguing how people figure it out. But please, if you could tell me a little bit about that. 
Sure. I mean, Jerova is not as interesting as maybe some of the other scams that we can talk about. My father's boardwalk mm-hmm. marketplace or um, the scam he did with Hunter Biden, Devin Archer, Burnham. But Jerova, just to give you an idea, Will, was essentially a pump and dump. But what 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 differentiated Jerova from a pump and dump that the mob does every day and other scumbags in New York do and and what it was? Well, so, you know, SPACs became a very big business in, I would guess, uh, mid 2000s. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we hit the crisis where um, the mortgage bubble blew up and some of those facts, you know, we needed something to do. So the Drova Financial was actually a SPAC that my brother got control of. Now there was no money in it because you know, the SPACs are blank check companies, right? Mm -hmm. But there was no money in it. But what there was, wasn't a, a listed New York stock exchange company with no business. Well, you know, for the Gowanus crime family, that's no problem. You know, we'll, we'll buy a couple of insurance companies in, in the Bahamas, stick them in there, their value is, and then start promoting it on the New York stock exchange. So really it was just a sophisticated version of a regular old pump and dump that you'll see on the Sopranos or you saw on Wolf of Wall Street. Um, and and the, the fact that it was on the New York Stock Exchange got him a lot of credibility. You know, investors were yeah. like, "Well, it's got to be real. It's vetted. It's on the big. It's on the big board." So, big board. Yes, right. so that's where that came from. We we robbed about twenty million off that, and wow. my cut was zero. Wow. <laughs> and I, and I want you to keep in mind something. I had just come home from my drug case where I protected my father, my brother. Tommy Gambino, Bevin Cooney, who you brought up. So I yeah. thought, like, you know, they'll they'll pay me. I mean, I just there should have been that plus a little bonus, right? You would have thought, right? Yeah, I, I would have thought, right? Yeah. Ugh, how frustrating. So you don't talk to your dad at all. Say did that you again. hear me? Did I cut out? So you don't talk to your dad at all. No, does he know? book does he read your book does he watch these interviews like go ahead so so emily my dad got out of prison like a year and a half two years ago on trump's law for the you know over 65 crowd and uh he uh he started harassing me on tiktok the channel you were on <laughs> and he would say things and because i you know have a, a lifetime of experience with him i knew it was him and at one point a couple of listeners are like hey guys Take this to the, you know, whatever, the Jerry Springer show or something. But we argued for a long time. And finally, I said something to my probation officer. I said, look, you know, my dad's on there harassing me constantly. And he goes, Derek, ignore him. He's just upset he's broke. And and he's right. But then he suddenly disappeared. And because, you know, my father is a mental illness, my suspicion is, is my probation officer called the halfway house and said, hey, you know, you can't, you can't mess with your son anymore. But yeah, listen, my dad is bad news. I don't talk to him, don't want to talk to him. I mean, listen, he owes me millions of dollars. And by the way, not to mention, he put a hit on me. So why would I talk to the man? Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's crossing the line. That's 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 going above and beyond. You know, when you, when you do something like that, you know, you know, a, a child is one thing and you, you always, that's something dear and near to your heart always. And you don't ever do something like that. That's fucking horrible. Excuse my language. No, that's okay. You, you're allowed to drop the F-bomb every once in a while. Yeah, I'm sorry. I've never heard Will's yeah. F-bomb. <laughs> no, that pisses me <laughs> off. No, no, that makes me mad. Yeah, no, no, no. Because guys like Derek, because you know what, Derek? It's not your fault that you ended up in this situation that you're in. You know, you were born to this situation. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And what what choices did you really have? None. Exactly. So, exactly. so was he an alias then on, on social media? He didn't just come on and say John Galanis. He had a like a fake username and stuff. Like, he went along with something else. <laughs> that, that's what they all do. Most people come on and you can tell it's a new account. Yeah, he had like a million accounts. He he would try to pose and be mafia guys. How old is he? He's 80. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm sorry. So part wow. of me thinks that maybe that, that might that might even not even be him. Maybe somebody else that's helping him or maybe that's, no. you know what I mean? That's, I don't know, him. maybe it was him. It was yeah. him, Will. And, yeah. and by the way, here's here's the really amazing part about all that, guys. So think about this. A man with that type of childish instinct, right? Emily's amazed. Right. Like, how old is he? He's scamming right. presidents of the United States and their sons. So the dichotomy of that is almost amazing when you think about it. Here's this man that acts like a big child, yet at the same time possesses the sophistication to fool the, the top echelon. It, it amazes me to this day. I, I don't know how he pulls it off. Because to me, I look at him like like my cousin who was, you know, a, a spoiled brat, you know, just like him. But listen, somehow he does, did it. Wow. So speaking of presidents, before we get there, let's let's bring up Devin Archer for a minute, because, you know, one of the main pictures that all the media uses is, is what I'm getting ready to show up here on the screen. And he looks like a flipping godfather <laughs> mafia guy right here, straight from the movies, Devin Archer. Um, and he's a long term um, business partner with Hunter Biden. And actually, Tucker Carlson did an interview with him not too long ago after he testified in front of Congress which I was super excited about because I thought Tucker Carlson would actually ask him about Galanis crime family. Cause I, while I'm researching this stuff, all this is happening and Devin Archer actually is the one that got me involved in the Galanis rabbit hole. And he didn't say anything. Tucker Carlson didn't say anything in that interview. So can you tell us a little bit how Devin Archer, if you know, or how he eventually got connected with Galanis, John, partners. Sure. So re remember this, Emily. I mean, so Devin Archer clearly set some guidelines for Tucker. And, and he said it during the interview. When, mm. when the other case came up, meaning the Galanis crime family, he said, it's an open case. I can't talk about it. But, but the reality is it's only an open case because Devin Archer has, has appealed everything to SCOTUS. I mean, the man would have been done with his sentence and over with, you know, four years ago if he hadn't, you know, done what he's doing. But we can only imagine that he's white waiting for a Joe Barton uh, pardon or perhaps clemency or, or whatever it will be. Um, you know, Devin was involved with my brother. They were very close. Devin helped him scam some things to get some money for my brother's, uh, you know, uh, penthouse in, in uh, Midtown Manhattan. Um, Devin and, and Hunter and my brother are all on emails plotting what is the Burnham scam. Now, this scam is actually pretty interesting beyond Jeroba. I don't know that you want the details of the scam. I can certainly give them. But believe me, Devin, Hunter, and all of them were up into their neck into it. Hunter was so much involved in it that if he was a normal citizen, he would have been locked up and the key would have been thrown away. But because he's Hunter Biden, they just ignore all the connections he had to the case. With Devin, unfortunately for Devin, Devin was talking directly from my, with my brother. Devin was making moves for my brother. And there was no way to exculpate him from the case. You could see 
The judge, Ronnie Abrams in New York, tried. She overruled the jury. She said, yeah, I'm just not convinced of his guilt. I mean, could this be because she was an Obama appointee, you know, and, and, and Archer has strong political connections to the Democratic Party through Hunter and, and John Kerry and everything else? Um, but then the appeals court overruled her. I mean, listen, the bottom line is they were all in league together. Well, she should have recused herself because her husband is the one that investigated Trump, a special counsel with Robert Mueller. And see, I went down that rabbit hole too. Like these people, like all these people, everybody that's listening, everybody that's watching on social media, when you start seeing these names and these articles, start looking up each name, start looking up each judge, follow those pipelines because it's absolutely massive. And it's all organized crime and it's absolutely mind-blowing i get overwhelmed with it and i've done a lot of research and for me to get overwhelmed with something there's a lot going on here and nobody's talking about it except for derek meyer glenn glenn is right now and he like if you have a podcast right now reach out to Devin. i'm sorry i've never done will have I ever done this i have never done this reach out to derek derek you need to be on more podcasts everybody needs to be talking about this because this goes deep it runs deep and, and you know, um, with with the Abrams husband, Greg, is it Greg, Greg Andreas? Or Andreas. Andreas. Mm -hmm. He invested Trump, investigated Trump. All of these people collude in, in, in our judicial system, our political system. It's all corrupt. It's every, every bit of it's corrupt. It's crazy. I have one question then I, real quick, too, because I want to I want to mention this. And we'll go to Bevan Cooney emails in a little bit. I want Will to do a follow-up. But nobody's talking about this person real quick. And I've done a lot of research with them in, in Ukraine and Burisma. And I know everything that's going on over there. But Christopher Hines, John Kerry's stepson, he pulled out when, when um, Devin and Hunter became board members of Burisma. But is is him in your opinion? If you don't know facts, but in in an opinion, do you think that they have also colluded in a lot a lot's going on? Because if you look at John Kerry, I think he's just a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, Emily, we, let me say this. Well, so we talk a lot about the Democratic side. I want to talk about the Republican side too, because both parties are involved in in this many many extremes. But go ahead, Derek. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, listen, so so Chris Hines did pull out. You're absolutely right. Um, but he wasn't the only one to pull out. The other one who pulled out was a guy by the name of James Bolger. And if that hmm. name sounds familiar to you, that is Whitey, Whitey Bolger's you, right? So the idea that, that you know, Devin and Hunter were safe or they, they kept their connections safe is not true. They knew who they were dealing with. They knew the Galanises. They were in business with, with uh, Bolger's nephew. And, and here's the irony, irony of it. I mean, Chris Hines, that makes sense pulling out. Probably John Kerry told him, hey, son, time to get out of there. Um, as far as uh, Bolter goes, he probably knew too. Look, I know what happened to my uncle. I'm not getting involved in this. Archer and Hunter did not get out by any means. They both continued with the Burnham scam, which is a fascinating scam. They were basically right. buying investment advisors. And the plan was to buy like a billion dollars of investment advisors. Now, I can explain why that's uh, attainable. You, they basically sell for pennies on the dollar. Why? So because if an investment advisor has $100 million of assets under management, he makes probably about a million bucks a year. 
So you can buy him for maybe two, three times his earnings. So you can buy a hundred million bucks for maybe two million. And they were trying to do that on a large scale. Now, normal legitimate businessmen aren't thinking about misappropriating the proceeds. But the Galanis crime family, that's what we do. And the plan was to put that conglomerate together and use that money to enrich ourselves like we've always done. Now, the question is, were Hunter and Devin patsies and fools? Yeah, I mean, I guess they were. But guess what? On the larger mm-hmm. level, everyone is. You know, mafia hitmen are patsies and fools. You know, they're carrying out uh, orders for people. And for whatever reason, they do it. You know, the, the amount of greed um, and lack of morality around Devin and around Hunter is what led them to be in bed with guys like the Galanises. That's why Bolger and Hines got out, because they realized we don't want any part of this. Now that Burisma's, you know, front, front and center stage, you know, this corruption is going to start to ring. Um, so, yeah, uh, I don't know anything about John Kerry being in there, but Hines getting out early speaks volumes. Devin and Hunter not getting out speaks volumes as well. Go ahead, Will. I, no, I'm just like really taken back by all this. I, I really don't know what else. <laughs> well, I, 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 could go, I could go farther, <laughs> too. We got emails, yeah, at the, emails at the yin yang. We got I'm Hillary Clinton yeah. emails that got, got all deleted and removed. So who knows what's in that those emails? Don't you just love it when they just destroy everything? Like January 6th, everything's destroyed now. Like, and, and then they want to blame cyber attacks. Let me tell you, in my opinion, this is just an opinion, so I don't get banned off anything. Like, we had a big, huge cyber attack after the FBI just got caught up in some stuff a couple months ago. Like, this cyber attack wasn't from Russia or any other. That's our own government. They are, like, deleting, clearing everything out so they don't be fine, be fine criminally. But Bevin Cooney, which is interesting to me because he handed over 26,000 emails to the government. They they end up, you know, Congress ends up investigating or, or questioning Devin Archer. Are they not going to bring Cooney into this? Because he has all the emails, the correspondence going out. And, and here, I, this is highlighted from prison. Cooney provided um, Schweizer, I don't know how you say his name, with written authorization, his email account and password to his Gmail account to retrieve these emails. He authorized in writing the publication of these emails, notable because it is the first time a close associate has publicly confirmed Hunter's trading on his family's influence. Why are they not bringing Bev and Cooney into this? This well, is mind-blowing to me. If it's well, in writing. Emily, very, very simply, Bev and Cooney is a long-time uh, Galanis crime family associate, and he knew the Gambinos really well, too. And he was also convicted, right, and sent to prison. So what they're doing is minimizing his word as a felon. They're saying, how, how reliable is Cooney? I mean, Cooney went to jail. Um, and one day they'll do it with Archer when Archer actually has to go to jail. But for the moment, they're listening to him. I mean, the man signed over his emails, though. Like, how can you fake those emails accounts if you have the addresses to where these things are going? They have responses and all this stuff. Like, how can a, a criminal fake 26,000 emails? He can't. It, I, it's just mind-blowing to me because, honestly, if I was Congress, if I was on this committee, committee, com, uh, committee, Bevin would, I would almost call Bevin to the forefront before Devin. This is weird that their names rhyme, Devin and Bevin. I would, I would call Bevin to, to the forefront before Devin. 
because yeah. at least all these are authentic in writing emails. I would have been deep diving, rabbit holing those emails like no other. And I would have all kinds of questions there in that committee for Bevan. So why do you think Devin's taken the, the, taken the hit on this most mostly, especially through the media? Well, I think because Devin Archer is part of the political establishment. You know, he raised money or was a campaign manager for John Kerry, Hunter Biden's best friend and Burisma partner. Bevin Cooney, with all due respect, is one of those fringe underground financiers. He's a hustler scumbag. I mean, he owned the Viper Room in L.A. He bought it from Johnny Depp. Um, you know, That's I mean, all a conspiracy, too, with Johnny Depp. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think he took it over. He probably got the money from Kevin Washington, who is an heir to a billion fortune, uh, Denny Washington, a, a guy that my brother was running around with when he was younger. Um, but the bottom line is, to be honest, and just put it in, in straight terms, uh, Bevin's a scumbag. Archer's part of the establishment. So people are listening to Archer because he's still part of that establishment. Well, do you have... If you want to add. Yeah. Um, Derek, I mean, we, you know, I, I kind of want to switch gears here a little bit. And, you know, we talk about all these connections with all this stuff, but I want to talk a little bit more about you. And I want to talk about your time that you spent in, you know, incarcerated and then you coming out, you changing your life around. Talk about that. Talk about like, what, what, what are you doing now to kind of give back? Please talk about that. Yeah. So, um, Listen, so I, I'll be honest with you guys, I grew up in prison. And, and why is that? It's because in my family, you know, everybody is very aggressive. Everything's me, 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 me. And even though I was never that way, uh, it's a it's a hostile environment to grow up in. And I'll tell you one thing about prison is uh, you have to deal with a lot of other people around you. So you figure out very quickly that everything can't be me, 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 me all the time or else there's going to be problems. Um, I grew up, I spent over 11 and a half years behind the wall um, on probation and everything else. It's probably more like 16, 17 years. Um, you know, I just figured out, you know, look, I did my first case on the drug case and I thought I did the right thing. I didn't rat on Bevin Cooney. I didn't rat on my father. I didn't rat on Gambino. Didn't rat on my older brother. Um, and then I went and I did the Drova deal we talked about. And then instead of paying me, they robbed me and then they plot to murder me. And so I said to myself, wait a minute, what I thought this was is not real. And I waited because I knew we were going to go to jail on Drova. I just laid low. Um, I just bided my time. Sure enough, they arrested us four years later. Um, and, you know, I went in and I, I told them what my family was about. A lot of the things that are in my book, I told them. Unfortunately, what the government wants is... Not only, you know, uh, what you can tell them, they want they wanted my little brother and they wanted my best friend from uh, Kosovo. You know, I lived in Kosovo for two years, made a lot of close, close friends there. We were running an insurance scam. There. That's a whole nother story. Anyway, the guy from Kosovo was our nominee on the Drova shares, meaning he held them in his name. But really, they were for the benefit of my father and my brother. Um, in any event, I wouldn't tell on my little brother or him. Uh, I went to jail again, got my full time, um, but I made a, a vow. I'm going to change my life. And, you know, ever since then, ever since I got out, I've been holding regular jobs. Uh, it's hard. Like I'm older now. You know, I've been passed up quite a few times for younger guys, but that's the real world that I never had to deal with before. You know, I just always 
took what I wanted and did what I wanted. I don't do that anymore. Um, right now, I, I work at a martial arts school. I'm the program director. I bring in sales. I, I help kids through martial arts, which is my passion. You know, that's what my other book's about. Um, you know, I'm a member of a church. I go every Sunday. I talk to the what we call the deacons, the young kids about, you know, not getting into trouble, not falling into the temptations of the world. And my life is just different now. I'm a, I'm a whole different person. It's, it's kind of sad because when we talk about this kind of stuff, I turn into that criminal again because that's where my mind is with Archer, with Cooney, with Gambino. So I can come off like that person still. But the truth is I'm completely different than I was. I believe that with you, yeah, Derek, especially you speaking out, and and, and then you never turn anybody uh, turn anybody over either. So you're a very faithful. I I, I trust you. <laughs> Hopefully, I won't be saying I don't trust you on one of these days. I don't think so. But you never turn anybody. You're a very faithful, loyal individual, and we really appreciate you speaking out in, in your book with greed and fear, the Galanis crime family. Please, everybody, it's available on Amazon. It's available on other sites, too. Please go get this book because he talks about other things in this book that we're not talking about tonight. So we appreciate you very much, Derek, for coming on and talking about it. And I'm so glad I came across you on TikTok. And I have his link. I have information in the description of the show, but it's been going across the bottom of our show tonight, too. Derek on TikTok is at Derek Meyer Galanis, if you want to go look him up. Um, you also have other separate pages, too, for your MMA or or UFC fighting, um, which I, I I liked UFC. I haven't watched in a long time. Hoist Gracie was the last time I watched. Um, was a huge Hoist Gracie fan and Shamrock. <laughs> That's many yeah. many years ago. And and it was WWF, like twenty years ago, girl. WWF. <laughs> Listen, I was a WWF trivia champion queen at our local Geno's pub. Okay. <laughs> Can I pop in with a, a funny story about both those things? Yes, go ahead. Yeah, please. So, so number one, uh, I grew up next to Shane McMahon. They moved oh. from Cape Cod, wherever they were, to Greenwich, Connecticut, where I lived as a boy. Right. So I played in my neighborhood with Shane McMahon. Now, this is before they – it's right before they got really big. But, yeah, he was one of my, one of my friends in the neighborhood. Uh, as far as the UFC stuff goes, I was a professional kickboxer in the late 90s. And I had a meeting at Terminal Island with Rosario Gambino and my father and Tommy. And I told him, I said, guys, this is going to be bigger than boxing. We can get in now. We can have, you know, and they basically all told me. They should have listened to you. Yeah, they told me how stupid I was. Oh, okay. they should have listened to you. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Well, I got two more things I want to follow up. And we always ahead, let our we always let our and I want Will to follow up after that, and then we always let our guests go before we close out the show. But real quick, this is fun um, with MMA. We're gonna have to have it come back on because I still have obviously I knew I wasn't gonna go through all all the discussion I want to talk about. But uh, real real quick here, um, I have an article that I scalped off your Facebook page with Hunter Biden connected to the Galanis crime family. How involved? Why why is there nothing happening? Is the big guy a crime boss? Is he the boss? Is Obama a boss? Like, can you tell or just your opinion? This is all opinion allegedly, all this kind of stuff. Like there's no bosses, they're all underbosses. <laughs> well, is the big guy an underboss then? Well, guys, let, let me say this. Um, you know, uh 
Hunter was involved in the Burnham scam that that article details on multiple levels. And in fact, Devin Archer's own lawyer in that article you've got posted said, you can't talk about this deal without Hunter Biden. Hunter was integral to this deal. That's Devin Archer's lawyer saying that. Um, what they've done is a hack job. I mean, they've totally buried this. Listen, Hunter had offices in the Burnham name. Hunter got paid $166,000 for working with Burnham. Uh, Hunter was raising money for that billion-dollar scam I told you about, the Burnham scam, um, from a Chinese private equity firm yeah. called Bohai Arbitus. Hunter was going to offload his broker-dealer once the deal raised some money. So what I'm telling you is that, I mean, any one of those things would have gotten a normal American sent to jail on the case. Hunter was involved on all of those levels and nothing. I mean, they say they can't prove anything. They can't prove anything. Guys, the reason they can't is because the real link is Devin Archer. Devin could say what Hunter and he talked about in a heartbeat, but Devin never will. Why? Because it's Devin's there. waiting for here, pardon. Here. Devin's waiting for clemency. Uh, but make no mistake, Hunter was 100% involved in the Burnham scam. And, you know, people say like, and I understand this, they say, well, Hunter and Devin were really just being used. Yeah, okay, I agree. That's what my family does. We use people. But guess what? Normal people who get used go to jail. Only political powerhouses like Archer and Biden get to hang on. I've gone down the rabbit hole with Hunter Biden and his businesses. I'll put that in like little quotes. Umbrellas is what I call them. Um, it, why it almost like why is, is it because fbi is always involved in these people the cia because we're dealing with ukraine and all kinds of stuff it, it because it goes down that rabbit hole too that's so deep it, and we almost kind of have like an operations um uh what's it called it with uh jfk operation i can't remember what it's called um northwoods type of situation where they all collude and it's so deep that that even if Hunter gets it, that that's just going to be a domino effect of people in high positions within the FBI and the CIA. It's all in, in the U.S. government, so it's all three departments all in one in many aspects. I don't know. Yeah, yeah no. For those that don't, go ahead. I'm sorry, Derek. No, Emily, you're you're hitting on it. Look, you got to remember the Southern District of New York which is probably the most powerful federal prosecutors, is a very liberal district, meaning they are all interested in taking their orders from the Democratic Party, right? Nobody is going to get out of line there because they want to go on to riches when they get out you know, of, of public service or whatever they're doing. So it's, it's a system that defends itself. Otherwise, it'll cannibalize itself. If they indicted Hunter, what's the next question? Next question is, who's the big guy? Who's the 10% of oh. the big guy? Then it's Joe. If they indict the president, then what's left? I mean, it, it all crumbles. So everybody has an interest in keeping the status quo where they're all involved. Um, but make no mistake. I mean, this is the most obvious. And, and guys, how can nobody be talking about this? The Galanises with, with Hunter Biden. I mean, it's it's really mind boggling. Neither conservative nor liberal media. Yeah, straight to the top it goes. No, and then I have one more question since we're talking about New York real quick, because I come, I'm, I'm a libertarian. If anybody wants to know if that's even any important, I'm not Republican. I'm not Democrat. I'm libertarian. Um, and I research and I read a lot. 
so tr we're talking about New York. Trump, is he affiliated? I have gone down so many rabbit holes. I can't find him affiliated with any significant crime family, if you want to talk about it. Is, is, but am I missing something, Derek? Is Emily. Emily, I've done I've done TikTok videos with Trump in a yeah. in a picture with Joey Merlino, the boss of Philadelphia. By the way, I I've been in prison gonna, with Joey Merlino. So Merlino, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna do. Listen, I, I'm that's why I'm asking you, Derek, because I want some input on this because I want to I want to be fair in in my beliefs or what I post on social media or any of the shows. I want to find out how Trump is this and why they everybody is so anti-Trump. Like they, they are going after him indictment after indictment after indictment. Like and that just makes me want to vote for him more because because if they're fighting against him, like I fought against the system in itself. So that makes me want to vote for him again for the second ter term. So so Trump, it, tr Trump, it, tell me your opinion, Derek. Is Trump involved in a crime family? So so let me say this. I mean, guys. You know, I've talked about Hunter Biden and his criminality and everything. Donald Trump acts exactly like my father. Everything about okay. him, narcissistic, he, everything about him screams exactly what my father is. Now, um, you know, he's involved with those New York crime families, just like my father had to be. And that's not hidden, you know, that he, he had to deal with them for the construction of his buildings. Right. He's got pictures with Joey Merlino, like I just mentioned. Trump's problem is he's not a political insider like Kerry, like Bush, like Clinton. So he doesn't provide that protection. And here's the other problem, right? He jumped the line, skipped over all that, that political posturing and became president and ruined the system for those people. And they hate him for it. You know, you're not going to come in here and just take over. Um, I, I will give you a little sense of irony. You know, the founding fathers knew that yeah. this could happen. And that's why they created the Electoral College, because they said, you know, some maniac is going to take control of the country because the people are going to love him. Um, but here's the irony. And this is the, the world, how it works. The only reason Trump took office is because we have the Electoral College, right? Otherwise, he, he would have been a liberal uh, uh, president. So instead, you know, 300 years later, this policy of our founding fathers actually puts Trump in office, which I find very ironic and humorous. Well, I mean, he was registered Democrat for how many years? How many decades even? But I want Will, Will to have a follow-up question. And, and no, then I'm, I want I'm, Derek, if you don't I'm, mind, to tell us where we can reach. Yeah, yeah. No, Derek, okay. I mean, just, Will? yeah, I've been really blown back by everything that you've done and, and talked about here. And, you know, if there's anything that anybody can take away from any of this that we talked about tonight, what, what do you think is the, the biggest message that you want to leave everybody here with tonight? Yeah. So, Will, um, I would say this. Um, people think that high finance um, is something sophisticated and glamorous and whatnot. And I would give to you that there is no difference between high finance and the street anymore. Quite literally, they are one thing. That's what my father proves. OK, he's not a cutthroat that robs your wallet, but he actually robs investment advisors for hundreds of millions of dollars. And he does so just as ruthlessly. And that's where guys like Archer and, and Biden get used. They think, oh, yeah, we're sophisticated. We're smart. No, you're not, dummy. This, this big baby, my father, 
about to use you and take advantage of you. And, you know, I, I want everybody to be aware and always be self, self-aware of what their decisions are, who they trust and what they're doing. Too much of this world is just based on charm and guile and to be very careful of that. Real quick to um, your book, um, if you don't mind to talk to people about your book, it's available on Amazon, Greed and Fear, uh, The Glonis Crime Family. If you don't mind, tell people a little bit about your book. You have other like secrets and, and bombs in that book. I'm really excited to read it. If you don't mind, tell everybody about that. Yeah, guys. I mean, look, if you guys want the background of where, why Hunter got trapped into this, that's what my book's about. It's a history of my life within my family, my family's crimes, how dysfunctional families like this work, how white collar crime works. And and by the way, how the mafia became what my father is and how the genesis of that was in Terminal Island with Rosario. Now, I'm not saying my father was the only person Rosario used to carve that out, but that's what the mafia has become, just like the Galanis crime family. And and so if people are interested in that, read my book. Please, everybody, go. The, the, um, the link to his book, too, is in the description show. Derek, thank you so much. We're going to have to have you thank come you. back on because I only got halfway through Um halfway through my notes on my page here because I want to talk about Sam Banks too and some other things that's going on um, uh, the latter half of this. So I'm going to reach out to you. Hopefully we can have you on part two. Uh, Mafia month is what I'm hoping to have in November. So we would love to have you back on. Thank you so much, Derek. Um, everybody, please follow him on social media. We'll let you go and we'll close out the show. Um, thank you so much. Thank you, Derek. Bye, guys. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. There we go. Derek Meyer Galanis. I got to read something real quick because this is a movie in the making and I'm so excited for it. I'm so here for this. (laughs) This is going to be the true crime of this is Godfather part four, five, six, and seven, Uh, probably. So here he wrote this on jailbreak. uh, Okay. okay. This jailbreak thing and it was taken down. So this is, I scout this off his Facebook page. I'm going to have this scrolling down the bottom. Facebook.com backslash the Glons crime family. Now, listen, just think of you being in the movie like Goodfellas or something, okay? My first couple of years. Ever since I was a kid, I knew I wanted to be. <laughs> a oh, main love guy. Him. I love him. <laughs> we're going to be the main guy. Now, everybody that's listening to this right now, I'm going to read this and we're going to close out the show. So, Slow my down. first couple of years in the second prison stint of, my, of, of mine was spent in varying degrees of physical discomfort in New York, MCC, Brooklyn, MDC, and finally the Latuna FCI. The discomfort has somewhat diminished, at least psychologically, by the fact that the BOP, which I don't know what BOP means, um, somebody might know what that is, lists me as a Gambino crime family affiliate, a black belt and boxer with advanced competent skill. Now, now listen, we're in a movie, okay? I would be lying. Just think of Goodfellas, like he's talking and like this, the screen's coming up. I would be lying if I did not admit that this bit of additional infamy did not help with my status, credibly among the other inmates, most of whom overly puffed themselves up to earn response by making themselves look tougher. In my case, I had a prison jacket to prove it regardless of how spurious the details may be, at least in regard to the Gambinos. Boom, boom, boom. The movie starts. <laughs> He's beating up an inmate. Oh, my gosh. Like, I cannot wait. This is like the crime of the century. Like, 
lifetime. Ah, I'm hoping with it's interesting, very interesting. With everything. So thank you, Derek, if you're still listening to this. And thank you for all the yes, listeners and stuff for, for tuning in. We appreciate you all very, very much. Um, we love you all. Next week, we're going to have one of my good friends on. I always like having my friends on because I like have, having some of these um, Friends podcasts. are always good. Podcast where we unwind, maybe have a drink or something. But next week, we're going to make 70s great again. Uh-oh. I'm 1970s is my good friend Melissa Martell Harris. I love her. I've been on nice. her show. She has a great following, a massive following, actually, in my opinion, on Twitter. Um, always go over there, make 70s great. Um, she has a wonderful podcast. We're gonna be talking 70s. I might even have a 70s trivia game that I might even I'm gonna try to see if I can get this together. Give away okay. a what the frick live t-shirt to a winner in the chat section. So um, it's going to be super fun next week. It's back to school week for my son. Your kids went to school this week, didn't they? Hell yeah, they went to school yesterday. Yeah. Okay, so my son starts next week. So I'm thinking this is the great opportunity back to school like Bash. (laughs) Make 70s great again. Have some trivia. Give out a t-shirt or so. And we love you all. So thank you for tuning in here on 107.7 FM. New Orleans, we'll see you all next week, next Friday, same time, same place. We love you all. Thank you, Will, for being part of this. We'll see you all. Thank you. Then have wonderful.